One, two, three, four. The stars are shining like a falling rain. The stars are shining like a falling rain. I'll never see our home, your face, or the old porch swing again. Life of crying and a pain juice. A life of crying and a pain juice. Everything is cold now, baby. The old man has the blues. Welcome to Lease FM. I am honored to be joined by the best musician in my world because he's the one that I've known the longest and that I've heard the most, my own father dearest. Hi, Dad. Hi, it's like Father's Day show. I know, it's so cute. cute. (laughs) Um, He has a name besides Dad. It's Dave Graham, um, and he is a local celebrity around the western suburbs. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, now you're on the radio, <laughs> Dad, so totally take it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I wanted to have him on my podcast because I who else would I have for the Father's Day episode? Works best My way. other dad. <laughs> or mom. Wait yeah. No, no. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. You're very welcome. Um, so you started, we'll just start, we'll focus on the music today. You've got a lot going on, but that's what, you know, I really... I consider you a musician. When people ask me, what what does your dad do? I say, he's a musician. Like, that's like the answer. <laughs> that doesn't actually pay the price. Yeah, but, but that's you know. okay. Yeah, you know, right. you have it's a day job, bad. whatever. Yeah, yeah day job. Got to do what you got to do. Right. Um, when was the first time you picked up a guitar? I actually picked up a guitar in seventh grade and because uh, my friend Jay had one. And I got the, the same book that I've been using ever since, the Beatles, Hal Leonard, Complete Easy chord songs like every song they ever wrote with the chord diagrams and that's how I learned to play guitar and everybody I know did because it's real easy yeah and all those songs yes but I so I suppose that in seventh grade I got that book for the first time and then I had a guitar and did you kind of take lessons or did you do it on no, your I think, own I think I was in seventh grade and my friend Jay or eighth grade I guess and Jay showed me a couple chords it was just like the McCartney Lennon thing you know? oh yeah totally. Paul McCartney showed me some <laughs> chords you know and then pretty much I took off from yeah there, exactly you know? but then he had to <laughs> play bass luckily you didn't die yeah. in 1980 <laughs> oh, okay. good point on that um cool so your parents um both kind of musicians in right. their own right, right. Uh, but they had like the whole folk kind of thing right. going on and then they also sang in your dad sang in the church. Right, right. Um, so how did that really influence your early days? Well, my mom always played piano. She was always like a really good piano player, and she could actually read music and stuff, which is really hard, and, and she would play all the time. And then my dad played guitar, your grandfather. Yes. Actually, played guitar, and he sang funny songs, and he was very entertaining, and he played ukulele and some four-string banjo and pretty much everything. But it was all folk, folk, folk. And 
you know, we um, when we were little kids, I think I was in seven years old, and I they allowed me to use the stereo. So we would put like Peter Paul and Mary records on, and the new Kingston Trio or Kingston Trio and the new Christy Smith. There's all the really folky stuff. Yeah. But a lot of it was, of course, Bob Dylan wrote a lot of that yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. it was folk with a little punch. Yeah. Very nice. Totally. Um, so those early folk records, um, what what stuck out to you? from them like sound wise what that you've kind of gleaned i think it was mostly the harmonies because you know i always listened to harmonies and it was you know the kingston trio and peter paul and mary and christy minstrels they were just all harmony bands and they you know so you understand how harmonies work and some people can't hear them and it's like that's all you really hear is harmonies and, kind of, and the beatles too and well, yeah. most bands that i like totally people singing harmonies right so. absolutely um peter paul and mary i mean off the top of my head, I know Puff the Magic Dragon. Um, they did Leave It On. Wait, did they do Leave It On the Jet Plane right. cover? And they did some that? Bob Dylan. They did some Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, what What's your like favorite Peter Paul and Mary song? Would you say? I mean, they did Blowing in the Wind. Speaking of Bob Dylan, yes. Tell me. And I think about... they made it famous, and I think most people thought they wrote it somehow, and they probably didn't do all the verses. And yeah. But it was a big popular hit for them, and I think that Bob Dylan probably really got a start from Peter Paul and Mary because. I'll, let's call and ask him. Hey, yeah. Bob. Hey, Bob. Well, well, I'll, I'll just get him on the what? phone. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, because, uh, you know, he, he a lot of his stuff was on their records and a lot of the folk stuff. And then, yeah, then he freaked out and went electric. And yeah. the world came to an end. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are well, today. The folk world came to an end, yeah. basically. Yeah. But, you know. um, he he did do that. That's pretty cool footage. They have the, the oh, footage yeah. of him plugging in oh, at yeah. the uh, folk festival somewhere in England or and whatever. And everybody was struck dead. Oh, I know. <laughs> But then rock and roll emerged, so right. thank God, right. Mr. Dylan. Um, okay, so Blowing in the Wind. And it's funny because growing up, I was a really big Bob Dylan fan, and so I know his version more than I know the Peter, right. Paul, and Mary version. Right. Um, but what strikes you on, on that on that particular version? Well, and you, like you said, it's like I, I always knew it as a three-part harmony song, and then you hear Bob doing it in like almost in monotone. In his nasal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one-note like version rap, of the song. rap. Which is fine, and that's his thing, but... You know, so when I hear people do like, oh, let's do All Along the Watchtower, it's like, sorry, it's a Jimi Hendrix song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the early stuff, the folk guys got it. I mean, Jimi Hendrix wasn't a folk right. guy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of times you kind of go, oh, I don't know that version really. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. I can't help you. I mean, and even like with Mr. Tambourine Man. Oh, right, uh, right. The Who was it? The Jet, the Jaybirds? The Somebody did it. The Jetbirds? The Yardbirds. Yardbirds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. everybody knows that version, right. but I know all three verses. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, because they did like three verses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make it poppy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're gonna listen to a little bit of Peter Paul and Mary, uh, "Blowing in the Wind" by Bob Dylan, voiced by Peter Paul and Mary. I thought Peter Paul and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Must a man walk down before they call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? How many times must the cannonballs fly before they Blowing 
right, so speaking of harmonies, I'm assuming the next thing you're going to talk about is the Beatles. And you, so as a little kid, it was a lot of, a lot of folk. When did the Beatles come into your life? And I how? Think, well, I think when my brother Pete, your uncle Pete, uh-huh. was in like third grade, it was his birthday party, and Alan Williams' mom called and said, is it okay if Alan gives Pete a Beatles 45 for his birthday? Oh, my God. And it was, it had help on one side and, no, wait a second. Hold your hand. Rain, paperback rain. writer in rain, I think. Wow. I don't know. But anyways, it's so a big deal. that was like deal. what, Revolver era? Must have been. Well, it was probably in 65 or 66. Yeah, okay. But anyway, it's a big thing because like we were like, wow, we can actually play rock and roll stuff too, I guess. Yeah. And so then we started getting Beatles stuff. And yeah, you're right. The the Beatles had a cooler harmony thing than Peter, Paul, and Mary, really. And, you know, it was clever stuff. And, right. But they had some kind of folky stuff too, really. Yeah, they did. But um, yeah, so they, they, they changed a lot. And lots then, you of know, phases. Then the whole, then we started listening to, you know, radio and it was all, you know, Rolling Stones and Beatles and all the guys that played back then, the Birds and the Hollies and stuff, you know, that early stuff. Yeah. Which was all great. And a lot of it was really harmony too. So yeah. Harmony's good. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, with the Beatles, what do you, can you think of like times in your life that, you know, certain songs or certain albums have really reigned true yeah or like yeah i think the, actually my favorite album was always abbey road and i think by that time because i was 68 so you know i was like a big 12 year old or something like that <laughs> you that knew part. the world so i was way older <laughs> than that and i think that was always the best and you know, i don't even know yeah i guess we had a lot of their earlier albums and we listened to them all over and over and over and over. right but, but at that point you could flip on the radio and hear over and over they played the same songs yeah pretty much every hour so right didn't really have to buy the albums. Yeah, to no speak kidding. Of, but uh, but Abbey Road. Abbey Road is, I think, the first one I actually sat down and just listened and listened and listened and listened and listened to. So what? Um, I mean, that album is just that's their last album, right? Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, yeah, they, the the last stuff on you know the second part, McCartney's. Yeah, it's kind of he just put it yeah, together. Yeah, sort of put it all together with snippets. Right. But yeah, so I loved it, and I, I love this, this great stuff. I love that album because it's just mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Right. It really, I mean. Right. They are they are a band that like I gave a presentation on this in one of my classes in college. <laughs> it's like the Beatles and how they encapsulated, you know, all these different genres Styles in like yeah. what eight ten years. It's like mm-hmm. insane. So they yep. started out poppy, and then they just changed everything. Yeah, and kept changing exactly. It. Yep. It's like when you think about yeah. the fact that that was one decade. I, there's no yeah. band that. Well, they're only really, uh, you know, 63 to 69. Yeah. Almost. Six so. Yeah, damn. Um, so, what's yeah. your favorite song off Abbey Road, do you think? Or do you just like the whole thing as a... I guess I like the whole a... second side. You yeah. Know, it starts with what, Here Comes the Sun all the way to Her Majesty and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Yeah, just, and again, I'm a McCartney guy, so... Yes. McCartney's all over that because people are like, oh, it's so McCartney. It's like, yeah, I can't like Paul. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, I like, why, there's nobody I don't like, but... Why is he your favorite Beatle? He's probably the most pop, poppy and bubblegummy and... Yeah. Just sort of like light and like not heavy duty and, and I think he's clever lyricist. Yeah. And he's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute. Um, you've seen him several times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, Tell me about the first time you saw him. I saw him with Wings uh, when Linda was playing. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. Back in the day. And so that was, was what, 80s? Ago. Must have been 80 or 79 or wow. something. Wow. Oh. Where was it? It was at the Auditorium Theater. Okay. And it was fun. We were kind of by the stage and... They're all having a good time, that's for sure. Did he do the McCartney thing where everybody leaves the stage and he does his little he solo that, yeah. set? He, he, sat, he says, okay, well, they're going to go out and you know, just play. He says, 
now we're like we're in my living room and I'm just playing for one of them. Like okay, you got a big living room, Fox. <laughs> You've got a lot of people in your living room. Fox, can I get a beer in the fridge? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's funny that you say that because the first time I went to a Paul McCartney concert, which I've been blessed to go to several. Um, um, well, you and Mom brought Doug and I, and I was in sixth or seventh grade again lucky kid and it was a united center so a little bigger than the bigger than the auditorium theater but it, same thing i remember looking he the, he kicked everyone off the stage and it was yesterday and you and i were both sopping our eyes it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh my god music yeah, yeah music no, man he, yeah he, you know i only heard it about trillions of times you right know, it's nice to hear him do it live so. no totally yeah um it's amazing he's a master what what do you like about playing Beatles music, like yourself? Well, I think I mostly like it because of the harmonies. Yeah. Because some of the harmonies are really clever and intricate and kind of hard to do. And, you know, if you find somebody that actually knows them as well as, well, like you and I, for example. Or right. Maybe, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of fun to listen to them yeah. being done because they're cleverly done. Because I remember, like, when I was in the music room at our house, you know, eight or nine years ago, and you know, I was sitting in the music room playing ukulele, and then you and Doug were out in the house singing, like, I don't know, probably two of us or something. The other and I had like big crybaby oh, tears. Oh, really? It's <laughs> so cute. Songs. I didn't know Cause, that. Because, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, for me, it's like, wow, there you go. I guess I've made it. Yeah. My kids <laughs> listen to Beatles and both sing, too. So exactly. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. that was fun. That was a highlight. Um, so let's play a little bit of one of those Beatles tunes, uh, Two of Us. Tell me about, first of all, tell me about Two of Us and your wedding singer career. Yeah, because, you know, so... Pretty much all my friends that got married, I sang at their wedding. So I sang at lots and lots and lots of weddings. And I would either see by, sing myself or I'd enlist my brother Rick or somebody uh-huh. to sing along with me. And we always did two of us. It was just like the one kind of go-to song. Yeah. And we actually did get asked to never come back to some Catholic church in Joliet because, you know, we played and we did sort of a harmony, kind of like an Everly Brothers thing, a little yeah. bit rockier. And right. Uh, Rob, the guy that's playing organ, who was a friend of mine in Calcutta, he goes, you know, uh, I think the priest doesn't really want you guys to come back. What? Because, you know, just we kind of, was the kind of rock and roll. Yeah. And Rick and I just kind of rocked it out. To. I remember. And like, yeah, this is a long time ago. This is yeah. like in 70, no, but even, or 8. Even now, like Brian, our, my cousin Brian, his right. wedding with Jenny, they they had to do only music from sacred the Sacred stuff, yeah. Bible. And then, you know, sacred stuff. I would consider too. the Beatles pretty sacred. Well, but, at you least know. it's classic, that's <laughs> it for sure. It's classic. Um, yeah. So, and do you, did you sing Two of Us at the wedding that you met Mom at? Uh, yes, Rick and I sang it. Because yeah. Rick was my roommate in college, and Ellen was the girl that lived next door to us in college. So, Rick and I sang Two of Us. And, and then... And then you, you know, met your, your second. Love. Yes, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that that's great. Yeah. Um, and I also used to sing this song by Genesis, uh, Follow You, Follow Me, which is mega lame because it's, it's <laughs> Phil Collins who's like. Oh, I hate <laughs> Phil Collins. I'm sorry, but yeah. like ever since sixth grade, no, fifth grade, the variety show, you remember I played Wild Thing and yeah. rocked out on that Flying V. Um, we had to, the opening song was like, I can feel it coming in mm. the air and we had this whole little choreography thing so it was just like i don't know who choreographed this some genesis head mm-hmm. some teacher and it was like the lights were all dim and we had these flags that were like shiny and you know long tall flags Scary. and 
and it would be like, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. And then, I, oh, Lord, we like turned our flag and it would like wave. It was, mm. I hated it. And I was just like, nope, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to like Phil Collins. And Jenna says he was fabulous with Genesis. I'm he, sure. He, he, Mr., he was like way bubblegummy. Yeah. And just a machine. I mean, just made oh, for machines. sure. I mean, I, I respect him. And I'm oh, sure, no, yeah. I, I, you know, maybe I need to go get into some Genesis and like. When you move out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> no, Genesis is great. I like Genesis. Yeah. And, you know, he had some great stuff too, but. Just a little bit, <laughs> a little cheese, a little extra, extra, extra well, cheese. Well, the that. same could be said of Paul McCartney yeah, these know, days. Um, okay, so without further ado, here's our rendition of Two of Us. Two of us riding nowhere, spending someone's hard-earned pain. You and me someday driving. So then the Beatles, after the Beatles, the next era, I suppose, would have been, well, I was a Frank Zappa fan. Okay, yeah, time. I'll talk Frank Zappa. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because my big brother, Paul, when I was in 
sixth grade, he was in eighth grade, and he listened to that evil Frank Zappa. <laughs> and it, they had naughty words and everything. And it was like only turned on when mom and dad are way out of the house. Oh, my and, God. Uh, we listened all the time. And, of course, all my friends would come over, and we'd be little, like, sixth graders or fifth graders, and we'd giggle around the uh, stereo. And, yeah. And it was when Zappa Which songs? Was, which era was that? This was way beginning. This is, like, Lumpy Gravy and, the, like, the first stuff. Yeah. Like, Who Needs the Peace Corps uh-huh. and all these funny songs. <laughs> And uh, Hungry Freak's Daddy and yeah. Susie Cream Cheese. And, you know, they just occasionally swore and stuff and were like, giggle, giggle, Yeah, giggle. lots of innuendo, probably. Lots of innuendo. But, you know, he was, just, he was brilliant. Even, though, like, even his first albums, he was ridiculously yeah. good. So then all my friends, of course, became huge Zappa friends. I saw Zappa, like, try ten times when wow. I was in high school How was he live? Ridiculously good. And he changed his band every two years. He'd have, he'd just have tryouts every Thanksgiving and just get new guys in there. Yeah, you showed me that titties yeah. and beer video. Oh yeah, where he was testing out the drummer. Who was the drummer? Terry Bozio. Yeah, who's was still from? the best drummer? He was like 18 years old at the time. But what? Well, what else did he play? In? Ter- Terry Bozio. He's he just been in bands all life, and um, he and his wife's monsters. So he's had so many big guys come yeah. through his band. So we've seen him for years. Adrian and years. Blue. Adrian Blue is who the, I saw perform yeah. at U of I, and it was crazy. Yeah, he's cool. a monster too. Great he's guitarist. Really um, so we were Zappa for a long time, and you know all my friends were Zappa, so we'd go see Zappa, and we all knew the songs. And I mean, Doug still knows all the Zappa oh, yeah, songs for sure. Yeah, you'll be singing any of them. Just pick one. Saint Alphonsus, pancake breakfast. And of course, when you guys were like little kids and you're in church singing Baby Snakes, I know it was so funny. I heard Baby Snakes the other day, and I was recalling that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Baby. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Zappa album? They're all so good I and know. so different. I guess maybe Overnight Sensation or, yeah, I mean. Shake Your Booty. Shake Your Booty is very good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good, too. You know, he was great because he, like, overproduced. So yeah. his stuff was mega cleanly produced, and he was a real stickler about that. And then when he died, then I sort of switched over like, Thomas Dolby, who also it's so like an overprodu- overproduced guy. Yeah, like studio guy. Yeah, like mega studio. And yeah. I think Dolby was the best example of, you know, post-Zappa. Totally. Huh, just, I've never like, thought of it like that. Yeah. but And also Dolby was, you know, Beatlesque and, yeah. he told, and, and Todd Rundgren too. Rundgren was really produced because he produced himself. Yeah. And, but he was Beatlesque and he loves the Beatles. And right. He's like plays with Ringo and those guys all the time. Yeah, cool. So those are my, you know, those guys. The Rundgren yeah. and mm-hmm. XTC was in that guy. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But okay, so Frank Zappa, what what song do you want to uh, highlight? Do you think that can be played on the radio? No, it's not on the radio. It's <laughs> oh. all podcasts, so all words are Let's kosher. That's the best song. We'll I just think skip this part for best, grandma. Yeah, I think the best Zappa song is um, San Bernardino. Why? It's just it's got a lot of different styles, and it starts out kind of as almost a cowboy song, and then it gets really crazy at the end, and it's got a good harmonica, and whoever's singing it's ridiculously good. It's it's just well crafted and. Clever lyrics, and yeah, it's a good one. Cool, we'll hear a little yeah, bit I figure that's my favorite Zappa song. Yeah, he's such a crazy mm-hmm. genius. Man, yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. All right, here's a little San Bernardino for, uh, for you by Frank Zappa. Shoot! 
when they let those suckers go. So, Frank Zappa, when did he when did he die? He died in 92. Oh, okay. So he died the same day, I think, that, that um, Magic Johnson said he had AIDS. Wow. And it was like, or maybe they were like, it was like in right the then, at the same time. Damn. And I was like, oh, wow. That's that must have been crazy. Yeah. And now Zappa had had prostate problems, and he had told his doctor for a few years, he thought he had prostate problems, and then his doctor was like, no, I think you're fine. Then he finally went back, and the doctor's like, "No, it actually it's inoperable." <gasps> Bad news. But and he like and he was a straight edge, which is so yeah. crazy to me because I always yeah. figured he was just crazy, like a no. like an acid freak. No, but no drugs, no alcohol. Yeah, he was like really yep. clean. Yep. Oh well. I guess all the stuff going on yeah. in his head was enough. <laughs> just read, read all the Frank Zappa biographies. He was, a, yeah? he was a pretty talented fellow. Yeah. What what fun facts? Well, do you like have? The, the problem with his his father was like a chemist or something, so. They said his bedroom had, you know, he'd play with mercury and he'd play with all these heavy metals and just, Yikes. when he was a kid, he just like threw stuff around. He said yeah. his bedroom floor was a master's mess. Yeah. So they figured we had a lot of problems probably because of chemicals in his environment, hmm. which is, you know, probably part of the problem too. Yeah. He smoked a lot of cigarettes too, but okay. I don't think he had prostate cancer from smoking no, cigarettes. No, that usually doesn't. Unless you smoke them a funny way. I'm not sure that worked. <laughs> Can't figure that out. Thank you for that <laughs> image. Right. Dude, moving right time. along. Um, okay, so moving in then to the 80s, because you got into Frank Zappa like in the late 70s. Yeah, actually, I get him probably it's in the late 60s. It's crazy to me that he was around the same time as the yeah. Beatles, because they're just so different. Yeah. Did they ever meet? That's a good question, but there's a Zappa album cover that's that looks like the Sgt. Pepper's album. Really? Where they're all like sort of the same pose and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's very fun to have to see it. And yeah, so then he, Zappa, you know, we were into Zappa till 76, 77. But then I think the deal is in high school, we also d- discovered, you know, Todd Rundgren and Harry Nielsen. And oh, God, I love Harry those Nielsen. Guys. And then I think that ended right about the time that, you know, the New Age era came in, which yeah. was, you know, Talking Heads, B 52s, yeah. Elvis Costello, you know, the whole group of them. Oh, and yeah. XTC, XTC, my favorite band yeah. for years and years then. Even so. Bowie got. Bigger than boy, yeah. Well, he was probably he was around the early mid seventies, early seventies yeah. too. But um, again, they, they were all fabulous. Yeah. Talents. What what new age record did you spin the most? Do you think? I think personally, I was mostly XTC. Tell me about them, because people don't necessarily yeah. know a lot about XTC. They they started as a punk band, right? Yeah, they're a punk band, and Andrew Partridge is their leader and main songwriter. And he was they had some mega problems. He's still alive, but he had. Mental issues, yeah, kind of like bipolar, bipolar type stuff. of thing. And so he hated performing, and you know they made they made no money. Their record company totally screwed, screwed him, him yeah. big time. So he, you know, at some point he had been touring for a while, and he just left the van. He said, "I can't do it. I can't do Damn. it." Damn. And so they you know, they were in New York, New York or somewhere in the cold, 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 and he's out sitting with no shirt on, going, oh. "I can't do it." And so they called the record company, and said we had to cancel, and the record company said, "Well." You have sort of a following, so let's just start making studio albums every 
whatever, six months. Okay. So then they just switched to studio. And then they... Because Andrew Partridge just had crazy stage fright, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And so he just didn't like doing it. Yeah. So then, you know, in the 90s, they decided they would just stop. And, you know, they're they under contract till 2000. So they're just... He said, I'm just going to not do it anymore. So they just sort of stopped and didn't make any more records till you know, January 1st, 2001. They're like uh, off the hook. Then yeah. they could start up again. So, but anyway. Damn, that's so yeah. sad. Yeah. That's yeah. There you go. That's why you need to be independent, kids. Yes, well, he knows that now, I think. Yeah, yes, no kidding. Yes. Um, so the sound of the band changed through the years, right. too. What, yeah. Because, like, what, what's the, um, we're only making oh, plans Nigel, yeah. for Nigel. That's, like, yeah. early stuff, that was an early right? One, that's, like, right. punky. Pun- pretty punky, But yeah. then going into... Well, then they, later they changed and they, they, they more sort melodic of... More melodic kind of... And more Beatlesque. I think they just went back to sort of Beatlesque. Actually, they recorded an album at Abbey Road. Yeah. And then they recorded their most popular album with Todd Rundgren as their producer. Mm-hmm. And that must have been great. It's fabulous. And <laughs> Which you know, one's that? O- um, Oranges and Lemons. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's very well... It was their best received that they hated Rundgren and they hated doing the whole thing because he was kind of like... He was kind of like... Really strict. Yeah. He really did a great job, of course, right. but they didn't like him that much. Yeah, but that happens. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I like those XTC, good band. Uh, what's your favorite XTC song, or does it change? Um, I don't know. I guess like Generals and Majors is a great song. What's that about? It's just about how generals like to go to war, and they like to not have peace, and it's like an anti-war song, so that's good. Cool. What else? There's several great ones, but yeah, that's a good one. Okay, we'll hear a little bit of that. Uh, This is Generals and Majors, XTC. Great band. Everybody should check them out right now because they're mm-hmm. great. They're good. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jules Shear is, we might have mentioned him earlier. Maybe no, we didn't mention him earlier, but we're going to play a little bit of his music. So I wanted to talk about him. Right. Who right. is he like in the music fabric? So it, again, in like 78 or 79, there was a band called Jules and the Polar Bears. Mm-hmm. And this Jules Shear was the writer and singer and I don't know if he plays guitar much, but he's the guy that's sort of running the band. And he's just the lyricist, and his, his songs are cleverly written. And just, yeah, so I many guess, words. In, right. I think this like first album. Like square peg, round hole. Yeah. They said in his first album, there's more words on one album than it had ever been on before. And he just sings real fast. Yeah. And so 
so it's like kind of a, a fast musical rap almost. Right. But it's very clever. So then they had a couple albums, and then he started doing a bunch of solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's just one of those guys that I've always loved his lyrics and followed yeah. him. And he does, like, he's got that album that's like a pure Bob Dylan album. Yes, like, hey. it so is. I remember mm-hmm. you were listening to it once in the music room, and I went in, and I was like, what Bob Dylan is this? Because I haven't heard this. Yeah. And that album is just painfully yeah, sad. Oh, sad. Yeah. And it's definitely 100% Bob Dylan. Oh, my God, yeah. Even yeah. the the cover is like mm-hmm. a jewel sheer, but like black and white, and it's like lit, you know. Yeah. It's like it looks like the cover of one of Dylan's albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love when you can like just so clearly see who the right. band's influenced oh, by. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, That's, that's what this whole podcast is yeah. about. Um, so jewel sheer. Um, and he still, you know, he still does stuff. Does he writes songs and other people do his songs. Yeah. And I think he's always been known as like a – one of the songwriters that, like, wow, he, everybody knows he's, like, a great songwriter. He's just yeah. a great craftsman. Yeah. So he's always been a popular, even my, my favorite. Yeah, but Whereas nobody like, knows he? about I him. Know. Well, you and I do. That's I, all Yeah, matters. exactly. Um, does Did you ever, like, see him play? Nope. He didn't really play around? No, I don't think he really does, no. Yeah. But, uh, like, this song he's you do with Roseanne Cash is who he does, Who's Dreaming Who. With. Yeah, which is Johnny Cash's daughter or granddaughter? Someone in Someone the Cash family. Cash, yeah. Some sort. But, yeah. And he just he does that he plays with other people and yeah. but his lyrics are ridiculously are. well written and clever and yeah it's just one of so my favorites. So what's the song about that we're about to play? Who's dreaming? Who is almost a science fiction song where he goes to sleep and while he's sleeping he dreams this girl and then he always wants to go back to sleep because he always dreams her and he keeps thinking, boy I like being asleep more than being awake. And then in one dream she says to him, you know I'm sleeping. And I'm asleep, and he says, I'm sleeping too. And so they both realize they're in their dreams, they're communicating. Right. And, you know, the whole nightmare is when they wake up and they don't have each other, and it's like, wait, I mean, Disney should pick this up. Yeah, right? Work. Seriously. Yeah, I know. Damn, that's actually, like, a great yeah. book idea yeah, or movie. So it's a clever, you know, it's, it's cool because it's Roseanne Cash and he, and they both have kind of rough voices, mm-hmm. and but yeah. it's beautiful. Beautiful song. Yeah. All right, well, we'll play it, and we'll try to do it justice. Who's Dreaming Who by uh, Jules Shear and Roseanne Cash. I woke from a nightmare And I rose up from the dead And I had to wait to find my fate Till I went back to sleep And then a presence in my dream appeared so alive inside my mind And the joy I never found before My eyes I found behind Who's dreaming who? Who's dreaming who? Please don't wake me up and shatter through when that old well you sound of my heart strings echoed sweetly as a bell and I said I love you but I'm asleep she said I'm asleep as well now I've no idea where she's dreaming at if I'll see her when it ends 
it's hard to take us now when I'm awake it's a nightmare once again who's dreaming who who's dreaming who please don't wake me up and shatter You are through. Who's dreaming? Who? Who's dreaming? Who? Please don't wake me up and shatter my world all around me. When you are through. Yeah. Awesome. Julie. Jules. Love him. What a crime that he doesn't like get much recognition. Yeah, well, you know, except in our household. In our family, <laughs> exactly. That's fine. He's, he's wearing all that matters. Shirts, yeah. right, right. he's up there with Bob Dylan. All right. So, since I was a little kid, you've been in a bluegrass band, and you were in a bluegrass band way. Like, let's talk about your bands that you've been in for a second, because right. you've been in three or four or five. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was in the you know the rock and roll garage band. Oh, really? Yeah. That actually had some guys that were really talented, and then. I didn't really listen to a lot of mainstream music, so I remember the first time they did Stairway to Heaven. I'm going, Stairway to Heaven? Who's that by? And this is like in 74. Wow. I know. So they're like, Led Zeppelin. I'm going, I don't think I'm really familiar with them. They're going, what planet are you from? (laughs) You're like, I've been listening to Harry Nielsen. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. They're like, okay, next. So So did you get kicked out? No, no, no. No. We played it. You played it. Catholic High's prom or graduation or something. Oh, that's great. And then, uh, yeah, so that was in that band for a while. And then in college, I... I was more or less playing bluegrass because my roommate, Bill, loved bluegrass and loved Ralph Stanley and went to Northern, so we listened to Ralph Stanley bluegrass stuff, and Ralph was, like, from the 40s and 50s, and his brother Carter, and he did a bunch of big-time hillbilly songs. And, you know, you know him from Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. He's the guy that sang Oh, Death. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, 90,000 years old. He actually just died a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. So we'd seen him two or three times, and he's, you know, he's a big talent. Right. And his brother Carter died real young. But anyway, so I never knew what bluegrass was until I started living with my friend Bill. And then we started listening to bluegrass. And then I've got one of those really high Kentucky Wondergrass. And I had this really high hillbilly voice, so I can do that. (laughs) So people always thought I was from like way south. And I was like, yeah, south side of Joliet, basically. (laughs) So we did that for a long time. And then we played in Joliet at some places, some clubs. Yeah. Then everybody moved away, yeah, just like that. Yeah, oh, that sucks. How about, then you were in a, a departure from uh, Bluegrass, Lovesick. What was, that was, that yeah, was we in the just 80s? A bunch of guys that did, we basically did all the same songs we sang in high school. Oh, there you go. So I was like, gosh, we did this song in high school. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> we'll I don't think we did Stairway to Heaven, though. No Stairway. No Stairway. No Denied. <laughs> a la Wayne's World. Denied. Denied. But anyway, didn't do Stairway. But uh, so Lovesick was, yeah, it was you great. You had T-shirts, so it was, a, yeah, it was a real band. Yeah, a real band. We played some festival downtown once at Printer's Row or something. Cool. Yeah, it was big. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, I think somebody moved out or just got bored with it yeah. or something. And then now, so yeah. so since I've known you, right. uh, in maybe when I was like eight years old, you started Salt Creek Boys. And that, tell me how that came to be. Because yeah. that's, that's been around for what, 20, no, 20, 15, more than 20 years, 15, I think. 15, yeah. 20 years. Well, since Marty was in diapers. six months old. Yeah. Yeah. One of the daughters. So she's 20 now, I think. Wow. So 20 years. So, yeah. Um, Damn, that's insane. I know. I know. She's a talent, too. So anyway, so like when I was, Doug, when Doug was little in Cub Scouts, we would have Cub Scout meetings, and I would bring my guitar, and Mark, my friend Mark, would bring guitar, and we didn't know him. I just 
we just played stuff. We'd do like that Cub Scout stuff together. Yeah, kumbaya and shit. And then we decided <laughs> we decided at one point we'd go camping with our family and stuff. And mm-hmm. he decided he wanted to play violin because that's when Doug and Jack were in fourth grade. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna, Mark says, I'm going to learn to play violin too because my son Jack's taking violin yeah. lessons. So I told him, I said, well, I was in a bluegrass band. We should just get together and we can do simple bluegrass stuff and you can just play the violin with it. And so we decided we'd do that. And, you know, we did it once and we just did a bunch of songs like that are all exactly the same anyway. Yeah. In the key of A. And then he said, hey, my friend Ken would be able to play mandolin because he's a slide guitar player right. in the band. And he's got a low voice. So. Low voice. So then I think from that was when Doug was in fourth grade yeah. for about four years. What is it? Every single Friday night. Yep. Every week of the Every, year. Yeah. Rain for or four sh- years. Sun or we have the Salt snow. Creek Boys playing in our living room. It's true. Or yeah. on the front porch front in the porch. summer and yeah. all the kids would... Uh, Come go downstairs and play video games. Or go outside and go in the pool. <laughs> We'd have pizza from Paisans. Yep. It's so funny yeah. because, like, I just assumed that everybody else was doing that growing right, up. Right and, yeah. I, you know, I'm so lucky. Doug and I both have actually written pieces about that time in our yeah, lives and, you know, the how integral it was to our right. our socialization, our love for music. It was just a big family. Right. And we started doing bluegrass initially because it was kind of like a bluegrass thing. And then the problem was, like, when... Doug was in eighth grade or so, we started playing at bars. Yeah. And you go to a bar and play like four or five bluegrass songs, like, okay, that's Next. enough. Now play some. Yeah. So so then we just all switched back to acoustic rock and roll. So, right. you know, basically we're just doing, you know, rolling the same, again, same stuff I said in high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. You know, rolling, rolling Stones, the good stuff. Water. Yeah, the good stuff. <laughs> but just on acoustics. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's nice because we all sing. So it's yeah. like a vocal harmony. And thing you don't have to worry about really like PA systems. PAs and stuff. are easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Salt Creek Boys is years and years and years and still going. And, Mark, we're going to make our big album now. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, then I have, you know, now I'm in the Benders, too, which is a band that plays at Joe's Saloon. And yeah. come on down. It's every, the third Friday of every month. Yes. On 47th Street in Brookfield. When, you, when did you start doing the open mic? It's been. Yeah, it's six years ago. And why, why did you want to start? We went, it was, we were at Mark's house for New Year's Eve. Yeah. Bert and I, Bert's our bass player. And we said, hey, let's go down to Joe's and see what's happening on this New Year's Eve. So we got there and sat at the end of the bar, and there was a band playing with Dick Hoy and those guys oh, yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. And um, they were doing some song. They are doing, like, Brown Eyed Girl. And Mark and I are sitting and singing really loud. Yeah. And their bass player goes, why don't you guys do a song? So we got up and did a song. and then wow. With their guitars? With their guitars. Oh, awesome. And then Darren, the bartender, yeah. who was, was our next-door neighbor for 10 years, yeah. He goes, hey, man, your name is Dave, right? You know, you should go talk to the owner. She's down at the end of the bar, and Ellen, and because she wants somebody to do an open mic here. So that was like six oh, wow. years ago. So I was just lucky that Darren. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Shout out. Night. But anyway, so they, you know, Darren set us up, and then we've been there for six or lots and lots and lots yeah. of years. So why? What what brings you joy from doing that open mic? Because it is a big setup. I mean, you gotta right. like get there, set right. up all the sound stuff. Hey, the best thing is hope that people come generally out, there's which they do. Every everybody that comes is people. I mean, they're the same people come for the last six seven years. So yeah. When someone comes from outside and they go, wow, it's kind of weird open mic because <laughs> you guys all get up on stage together. Everybody's like, there's like right. eight guys playing sometimes. Yeah. And we all know each other. And, yeah. But it's just you know, it's like we're. It's like it's like if you, all your friends could go play music at some fun bar. Yeah. 
and just take over. Why and not? That's what we do. Yeah. So we just basically, it's our bar on Friday nights, the third Friday of each month. It's, it's especially crazy when somebody from like an outsider joins and then they play and they're like really good. And I then know. you guys will get yeah. up there and like back them up with some right. tambourine yeah. or some harmonica. Mark will get up there. Yeah. We scare everybody. That's the best. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. I brought a friend of mine like in high school and he had he had like been practicing and practicing these two ukulele songs. And I was like, hey man, why don't you come play them at this open mic in front of a bunch of my dad's friends? And he was like, Really? I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then you guys went up and backed him oh, up. Yeah. It was really cute. And he did LCD sound system. Name is Yoshima. Yeah. Little, uh, Yoshima little Flaming Lips, man. Oh, and yeah. So the, that's right. Flaming so then lips. I learned how to do it on ukulele. See, sorry, pal. Yes. I stole your, I just <laughs> stole your Thunder Man. Stole your material. That's okay. I'm it's sure a great ukulele know. song. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, so that's that's the most recent stuff. Cool. Um, yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about your favorite bluegrass song. Um, let's see. You know, I, I love, uh, the Ralph Stanley's band, mm-hmm. but I do like the Dillards who on the Andy Griffith show, they were the Darlins and they're like a bunch of 25 year old California kids with two brothers. Really? And they're the Darlin family on Andy Griffith show. Uh-huh. They're really the Dillards. Okay. And you know, the Dillards were this fabulous band and from California's terms, or I, mean, I guess they made it big in California. I think yeah. they're from Somewhere down Kentucky south, or West yeah. Virginia or something. But anyway, they were talented. Let's see. What's their best song? I think it's called um, Hey Boys. Okay. It's just about some guy that's looking at his life saying, you know, he went to the city, didn't like it, came back. Now he's in the country, sitting in a general store, drinking cider and spitting in the fire. Yeah. It's like, but they're, they're, and by the way, they're very Beatlesque. Yeah. And they really? Even, they even do Beatles songs. Really? They do Yesterday. As it sounds like the Beach Boys doing Yesterday. Wow. Because it's this bluegrass band. Right. And it's like, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what What's the difference for you between bluegrass and country? Well, bluegrass <laughs> doesn't usually have drums. And I think if it's got drums, I don't think it really is bluegrass. Okay. And then bluegrass is almost never electrified. It's usually always acoustic. So I always like bluegrass best because it's acoustic. And so there's not one guy that's going to be like 10 times louder because he wants to turn up real loud. And mm-hmm. So I like bluegrass a lot. And, you know, the, the newest new grass, they call it new grass now. New grass. Oh, like, uh, what's Nickel it called? Creek Nickel and, Creek. Yeah. And they're more authentic somewhat. But, you know, some of it gets a little bit toward, like, country and western. Yeah. But I just, you know, they usually don't have an electric bass. And okay. just a stand-up bass. Right. But, I mean, bluegrass music's fabulous stuff. And, yeah. But, yeah, the Dillers are a great band. You have to, and, by the way, they, they backed up uh, Arlo Guthrie on a couple albums, no too. No way. Yeah. They're their friends because Arlo knew the... That Dillard boys, yeah. and they were like back like, in like Alice's restaurant days. Yeah, they're hanging. Yeah, oh yeah, hanging. hanging, smoking the doobies together. I'm sure. <laughs> Guarantee that. <laughs> Green grass. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so let's hear a little bit. What's it called? Oh boys. Hey boys. Hey boys by the Dillards. Da 
up with the news in the wintertime Sitting on a barrel in the country store Hey boys, I think I'm getting old Sitting by the fire when the weather gets cold Don't care Down around the farm bluegrass i want to talk really quick about what you've listened to that's like from the the century all right you mean the modern <laughs> Sorry, stuff i didn't mean yeah. to sound like an no. asshole no, I know, I know. but um but it was yeah. well not even well, the century get, but 90s right whatever so then of course having kids like in high school that'd be you and your yeah. brother uh-huh yeah then we pick up things like the shins who are like wow that's like the best band ever i know and so like the shins are really big and the minders uh, the minders turned out to be one of my favorite bands Back. too Back, of course. But great. before that, Smash Mouth really struck a chord yeah. with you. Why? Yeah. Well, we because this, I tell people, I've always told people, oh, my God, I love Smash Mouth. And they're like, stop pulling our chain. Like, they're terrible. Right. But that's because they only know the two songs. Right. Yeah, no, I, I guess I, I guess initially their first album is really punk rock. It's yeah. Heavy duty punk yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just had that one song, Walking on the Sun, which they just decided to play on classic, more classic instruments. But then they're just a clever lyrics, and they had a good band and good sound and good yeah. drummer. I think you know, really syncopated drummer and mm-hmm. really nice, nice stuff. So they're always I just like their lyrics and fun. They're fun. Yeah, they're really fun. You know, summer. I mean, money. I feel like they sound like summer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, when at the swimming pool, it was Steve would bring over the Grateful Dead mm-hmm. tapes, yep. and we listen to Smash Mouth and Louis Prima. Yep, Louis <laughs> Prima. Oh my what's, God. What's more normal than that? Let's talk about Louis Prima. Well, the reason that I got into Louis Prima is because. The Smash Mouth song, we were listening to Louis Prima yes. drinking Meisterbrow. So I was at Rose Records after I knew that song, and I'm going, hey, look, Louis Prima's actually a guy. And oh, my God. So you found him through Smash Mouth. Oh, yeah. my. That's amazing. I, I love that. And so then in the summertime, you know, every summer we had the swimming pool, and it was always, Louis Prima was always on, and, and the Grateful Dead, because Steve's next, or Donald's on there, and then, you know, then Smash Mouth yeah. and whatever else. But so Louis Prima became kind of like the go-to summer so true okay wait let's talk about a louis prima song what's your favorite well just the gigolo is probably his best biggest one yeah because who else did that um uh what's his face david uh, lee roth okay from uh van halen oh really yeah then david lee roth did it he was the van halen for years and then he did he did louis prima's Gigolo, uh-huh. exactly the same. Really? It's absolutely no difference. It's Funny. Just, so you did Louis Prima's version of it. Wow. And he made a hit out of it, too. Yeah. But anyway, it was Louis Prima's song. I don't know if Louis wrote it, but right. I think actually Louis on his on his gravestone, it says, when the end comes, I know I'm just a gigolo. Life goes on without me. That's wow. actually on his gravestone. Oh, that's cool. So. Should we play a little of that one, then? That's a good song. Okay, that's good cool. Song. Here it is, just a gigolo, Louis Prima, who, I mean... He was a contemporary, I guess, of Sinatra. Yeah, he, he was, must have been, right? He was, I think, in the fifties. He was a Dixieland, like in New Orleans, and okay. then they just died there. So he went to he went to Vegas and talked to some casino owners. Said, oh. "Look," he said, "Give me a chance here. I I really drew him in in, Los, in, yeah. uh, Saint, or in uh, New Orleans." So he went in there and he said he had himself and his his saxophone player, and he said. I just need a band. And he said, just round up the usual suspects, just like the musicians around. Wow. So the band was always called the usual suspects. Oh, cute. Yeah, which is you know, a throwback to um, Casablanca. Really? You know, round up the oh. usual suspects. Yep. So that's what Louis said. Oh, that's said, so cool. We need a musician, so just round up the usual suspects. And oh, that's, the that's great. But anyway, so he was just a big talent. And he was also in The Jungle Book. He oh, was he played the King Louis. King Louis. Yeah. That's right. So that's Louis Prima. Okay. Yeah. So okay. That's Here what you know him from. Louis Prima. 
And just to jiggle and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling its romance. Oh, what they say. There will come a day, and youth will pass away. What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know there's a just a jiggle-o's. Life goes on without me. And just a jiggle everywhere I go. People know the part I'm playing. Paid for every dance, selling each romance. Oh, what they say. And there will come a day, and youth will pass away. What will they say about me? When the end comes, I know there's just a jiggle dose. Life goes on without me, cause I ain't got nobody. Oh, and there's nobody kiss for me. There's nobody kiss for me. So, we're going to finish up by hearing a song that you wrote oh, that's right. with uh, Mark Shramick, right. who I'll hopefully have on the podcast someday. Yes, you should. He's a father, too, by the way. He is. That's right. <laughs> Shout so, out. So, after the open mics or after when the Salt Creek Boys have a gig, we always go back to Mark's garage and we load the PA system back in this little hangar and stuff, and then we drink a beer. And then Mark, PBR. Yes. And then Mark will play a song, and then... For a long time, we'd sit down and he'd play this one little thing, and this 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 turned out to be the back of um, Wake Up Jenny. And so, I one time I said, you know, is that a song? And he said, no, it's just something I always play. He said, I've never been able to write lyrics for it. Hmm. So I recorded it on my phone, and then I was taking the train to work, and over the two two or three day course of two or three days, I said, oh, I know. And so I wrote a song about if Harry Potter woke up after his honeymoon and Jenny was sleeping. This would be the song that Harry would sing to Ginny. <laughs> See, and it's sad because the sad thing is, you know, there's only two people that have seen the Harry Potter shows more than you and me, and that's, no, I don't know. That's, no, that's sad, no. Because we're oh, Harry Potter junkies, God. sorry. So, it's the cutest, and it's yeah. so funny because it's, n- it's so subtle. I mean, it's not like you're like, and the wizards and the warlocks yeah, no, are yeah. dancing. It's like, it's yeah. really just a guy and his wife. Yeah, it's just so, it just happens to be Harry but and Ginny. But I love uh, that it's fan fiction. And I think the funny thing, too, is that, you know, I'd I'd sung it for a while, and I think you know Mark and Ken and I did, and I think and then Ken's like, "Who, who is this? Somebody you should know." I'm going, it's actually a, from some movie called Harry Potter. And he's like, "Oh, because I wondered about that." And I'm like, actually, yes, it's this Harry Potter. Right? Yeah, but anyway, so it's oh, wake up, great. Jenny. And so yeah, basically, it's just he wakes up in the morning and she's still sleeping, and he's deciding if he should wake her up and go do the day together, or just watch watch her sleep. And it's like kind of makes me want to cry. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm sappy, but you know. It's no, it's okay. That's something that I love about you, Dad. <laughs> yeah. I I don't mind crying. I know. Me neither. Mm. I love mm. music. I, I mean, okay, well, really quick. I can't count the amount of times that like I've had a breakup or something and I go to the music room. My dad's in there with my dog and I just sit on my dad's mm. lap like a little girl and we just cry. Mm-hmm. And we listen. We're like, okay, let's see what what are like the most. Uh, this is like yeah. a specific thing that I'm thinking of. But what are what's the most like heart wrenching breakup songs? Because then it's that it's that time when I really find that like music is like 
damn. Yeah. So we'd play like Purple Rain yeah. and we just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what other ones are good? There's um, that song by the band. It's called Missing You. Yeah. It's about how she, he's miles and miles yeah, away. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Missing You. I'm missing you. It's Helplessly like Hoping. Yes. Crosby, yes, Stills, and Nash. There's like, you know, all any, the Joni. All the, yeah, any, yeah, Joni Mitchell. She's Jesus. the one. She's a go-to. Yeah. yeah. So yes, we both love Joni too. Yes. Big so, shout out to you, Joni. Yeah. Hey, Joni. I know you're listening. <laughs> Big fan. Hey, if you ever want to like hang out, yeah, right. I'm We're so in. down. Yeah. Also, I'd love to play you in a biopic about yeah. you. Thanks. Oh, there you go. Taylor Swift was trying to be Joni Mitchell in a biopic, and Joni Mitchell was like, nope, <laughs> you're not allowed to be in my movie, <laughs> bitch. So I'm still holding out. Take that. Um, Okay, so here we are, Wake Up Ginny by right. Dave Graham and Mark Ceramic right. slash the new Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> oh, thank you. We only got like 165 to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. One, two, three. One, two, three. Wake up, Jenny. Sunrise has come Poor last sleeping I'll sing you a song The wedding guests are gone Gnomes are playing on the lawn We're finally all alone Who'd have thought that I'll join your family You make me so complete Together for all time 
dad for joining me thank you for being my daughter oh thanks for being yes. my dad happy oh. father's day you're very welcome and thank you yes <laughs> happy father's day to you too um, you kind of threw me for a loop on that sorry, I don't sorry. i'm not a father yet but you know someday. is it daughter's day oh, no, that's that's the rest that's of the every day. other day <laughs> <laughs> don't you forget it um but really thank you for i mean rambling rambling no for being such a musical like rock for me i mean i think it's kind of cool and again i've taken it for granted my whole life but really been realizing it lately that i was brought up and just like it was always there was no question you're home and you're doing something in the house and there's music playing that's not how other people's houses work right. i guess yeah. i mean other people but not everybody and and so it'd just be like you know from first it was like cds and then it was like the ipod the iPod and then it was like we had a little record we got our record player going again mm, so it's yeah. just it's nice thank Fun. you for uh you're welcome teaching me how to love music I love you too I love you <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh happy today, Father's Day yeah fathers. happy Father's Day everybody um today's podcast was recorded in WGN Studios on Michigan Avenue Tribune Tower very epic location thank you WGN and thanks to my guest Dave Graham AKA my Cat, dad. Catfish. Catfish. His uh his longtime nickname. Um this is Lease FM. Bam. Hell yeah, dude. That was
stars are shining like a pouring rain. The stars are shining like a falling rain. And I 